welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Terry. I'm your host, Terry Cato. I'm excited and I'm honored to have sitting beside me, Miss Sheila Shaw, who is the first black Miss Fresno County. Welcome to Real Talk with Terry. Thank you, Terry. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for opening up your home to the show. We're excited to talk to you about your journey and I'm just so proud to um, be able to share with our viewers your memoir, which is the Sheila Anthony story, a memoir which is available, right? Yes. So we're going to deep dive into your book and the first thing I want to know as a fellow author myself is what motivated you to write a memoir and to share your story? Well, several things motivated me. I just didn't know if I could do it. Okay. <laughs> and so I uh, went to a couple conferences and listened to other entrepreneurs who were writing. And I decided, came home one day, and I thought, what is my, what do I want to do? I'm at this age. What do I want to do? But why do I want to do it? So as I started to really dig into my why, my what became more apparent. And I wanted to help other people who've struggled through illness or sadness or divorce or just various things that, trials that come along in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Lord, if you can use me to help them or to show some sunlight and a ray of light and hope in their lives. That's what I wanted to do. Awesome. And I know we were briefly chatting before we started <laughs> taping. If you could give a little bit of detail, perhaps, um, you know, how you just really, you spoke this book into existence, how you originally weren't planning to write a book. You were at a conference, <laughs> what, almost two, well, two years ago now. Yes. And some ladies, um, could you just share that story, just share it with the viewers, kind of that, how you put the book into the atmosphere, and now we have your memoir. Yes. So what happened was I was on an elevator, and um, a couple of ladies I started talking to, they questioned and asked me, why was I walking with a cane? And I kept getting that same question over and over and over. And so I asked, uh, I said, well, let me get this down to a 60-second elevator speech and so that I can tell people quickly and capture their attention you know, give them a little bit of information. So I did that, and as I got off the elevator after I told the story, I thanked the ladies for allowing me to be able to share with them. And what happened was I got off, and they got off too. <laughs> and it shocked me that they got off, and they said, no, wait one second. You, you can't leave us hang, hanging there. you got to tell us the rest. Mm -hmm. And I opened my mouth and said, well, you're just going to have to wait for my book. I love it. And as I walked away, I said, why did I say that? I'm not writing a book. <laughs> That's amazing. But that was the opening of me writing the book. Awesome. And so I came home, and as I thought about it and processed it, I said, it's time to write the book. Absolutely, absolutely. And you share in the book uh, a lot of detail about your childhood and your relationship with your mother mm -hmm. and her faith and your relationship with your siblings. You guys are all very close. And as I was reading the book, I just, I really enjoy getting to know each of your siblings. I love how you kind of dedicate a section to each sibling. Um, how did your childhood and just watching your mother and her amazing faith, 
how did that um, help you become the person that you are today? I just find my mother to be, she was the most wonderful, loving, kind woman to everybody, everyone, everybody in the neighborhood, all the kids in the neighborhood, my brother's entire football team. Mm -hmm. uh, we were always hosting someone. And my mother was a praying woman, loved to sing. She would always sing when she was cooking. Mm -hmm. And as I watched her pray over us each and every day as she sent us out into, into school, mm -hmm. that she was so dedicated to her work before God mm -hmm. and providing for her family. I am a mama's girl. Mm -hmm. I loved being with my mother. I didn't ever want to move out. <laughs> I couldn't what understand why anybody would want to move out. <laughs> why? Because mom cooked all the time True. and we had great conversations and she was always very open with me. Mm -hmm. And I could, she could ask me a question and I could answer, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't feel afraid to answer. Awesome. And we talked about everything as what a young woman should know. Mm -hmm. And so I love that part about my mother being um, just there. And although me and all of my siblings are different, mm -hmm. we each have different talents. She did not, she never made a difference. She nurtured what was in mm -hmm. each of us. Awesome. That's awesome. And and speaking of different talent, um, as we know, um, you were very um, in pageants and you did a lot of things, but you had a brother that played in the NFL. Yes. So um, you talk about all of your siblings, but I mean, not everybody has that um, <laughs> testimony. <laughs> My brother played in the NFL yes. and he played for USC. Right? And he played for USC. My husband is a huge USC <laughs> fan. So as I mentioned to you, I was reading your book, I'm heading down to Southern California yes. for vacation. And so I'm reading the book and I get to that part where you're talking about that particular brother and I'm telling my husband like, hey, hey, honey, her brother played for USC. That's your school, right? And he's like, what's his name? And, and what year was he there? And did he play yes. with OJ Simpson? And that was his question. He's like, was he before OJ? So in his head, he's trying to calculate, okay, right. was he before OJ or after OJ? I was like, I don't know. He was after OJ. Okay, so he was after OJ yes. Simpson. And okay. my brother playing in the NFL made me very popular. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> High school was was wonderful because every Monday was football and every yes. Tuesday we discussed what happened in mm -hmm. football and then one day he surprised me and he came to the school oh, and nice. all of the football players just thought I was the greatest oh absolutely! and I was like I didn't think I was popular at all I just <laughs> wanted to go to school and do my work but my brother just had an amazing talent to play I got to see three Rose Bowls. Yes. And so awesome. just seeing him, you know, use the God-given talent, he was very, very fast. And he started his very first year. Wow. That's amazing. And that's usually awesome. that doesn't happen. Oh, absolutely. No, that is amazing. You get that's to a warm blessing. the bench. Yes. Well, true. You kind of have to work your way up. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. So he, I, I he proved it. to the coach that he could do it. That he could do it. That's yes. amazing. So I just, I really enjoy it. I, I love reading about all of your siblings, but I thought that was so cool that you actually had a brother that played for USC. Yes. He was good. He was amazing. Mm -hmm. An amazing athlete. And he also went on to the NFL. Yes. So, so that's great. So Let's go back to you. So let's find out, how did you find the pageant world? What, what was your first pageant? How did you even, because that's an entire um, culture in and of itself yes. is pageants. Right. And how did you 
journey into pageants? Pageants are really quite interesting. And um, my mother's friends used to always say, oh, you're so beautiful, you're so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I was never taught to, you know, beauty is fleeting, <laughs> beauty can fade. Mm -hmm. And But my mom said, you know, you do have a beauty. There's a beauty within you mm -hmm. that needs to come out. Absolutely. So as we were reading, the first pageant I was in was the Miss Black Fresno pageant. Mm -hmm. And it primarily was a pageant for African-American girls because a lot of times they were not encouraged to enter the other pageants. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> that pageant was a learning curve mm -hmm. because I think everything that you could possibly do wrong in a pageant, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Okay. And so from picking my song, mm -hmm. which I picked Michael Jackson, You Can't Win. And I thought, that's a great song. You know, it's kind of telling, you know, he's telling you you can't win, but really, you have, there's hope. Right. And I was told that I picked a negative song. <laughs> okay. So I learned. And so what happened was as I started to enter the pageants, I knew that there was scholarship money. Right. That became very important because I, my mom did not have the money to put me through school as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, my brother got a scholarship. And so with that, I thought, scholarship, pageants. Wow, God didn't give me this for nothing. Absolutely. You know, let's use it. Right. Use your brain, use what he's given you. And so I entered the pageants. Mm -hmm. And the scholarship money did come in handy when you could get into that first and second place. Absolutely. <laughs> and so I that was my very first one. I did not place. Mm -hmm. It was a learning experience. Okay. I wrote down everything that I did That's and awesome. everything that I needed to do and to change. Right. So I started to learn from the yes. pageants and what was you know required to become the next pageant or the next queen. That's amazing. Um, I like what you just said. I, you took that first pageant and you said you did not place. You did not. Well, you did not win. You did not place. Mm -hmm. But you wrote down everything. Yes. You used that as a learning experience. And sometimes um, that's that in and of itself is a message to somebody out there. Is yes. even if you fall short of whatever your goal is, use it as a learning experience, and you write down what you've learned, what you would have done differently. So that's amazing that you looked at that not as, oh, wow, I lost, but no, what could I learn? Right. What can I take away from that? And that led to you entering your second next pageant. pageant. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the second pageant was Miss Fresno County, USA. Awesome. That goes to the Miss uh, California, USA, to Miss Universe. Awesome. That is amazing. So I want to hear about that. But what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break okay. and we're going to transition and we're going to talk a little bit more about your journey in the Miss Fresno, you in the Miss Fresno County pageant. So yes. thank you. The sun rises after the sun Welcome back to Real Talk with Terry, and I'm here with Miss Sheila Shaw, the first black Miss Fresno County. So, could you just tell us a little bit more about your journey as Miss Fresno County? Um, how did you find out about the pageant? What was this journey like? And, you know, maybe some other pageants that you were a part of? Yes. Well, I started with the Miss Black Fresno pageant, right. and then I went into the Miss Fresno County USA, which yes. goes to the Miss Universe, got first runner-up in that, and I thought, okay, well, let's just try one more. Mm -hmm. And sitting in the student union one day, 
eating french fries. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say I was supposed to be in class. Okay, no. okay, okay. My girlfriends and I were, picked at the student uh, newspaper and it says, looking for contestants. Hmm. And so I sat there and I said to him, I said, we could do this. You know, why don't you guys join in with me? Look, we're good looking, mm -hmm. we're smart, and we can walk in heels. Not a problem. Love it. So I got him to go down with me. We filled out our applications and we entered the Miss Fresno County pageant. Okay. And uh, out of nine contestants, and um, I was determined to win. Mm -hmm. I was determined. I had entered, this is my, at this point, my third pageant, and I, everything that I had done not correct, I learned how to do correct. Awesome. I talked to the people who were in pageants mm. and learned some information of what they expected, what you needed to do, mm -hmm. and I did everything to the letter. And I went in that night with, even with the negative statements sometimes of, you will never win because mm -hmm. they've never had an African-American Miss Fresno County. Wow. And I thought, well, that just makes me even more determined. And so I just went for it. I read the, po the Power of Positive Thinking. Awesome. I, I did affirmation after affirmation. And I decided that I was going for the win. Mm. And if I did not win, then it wasn't meant to be. Right. And it happened to be my night. Wow, that's awesome. And I won. And you won. That's amazing. Yes. That is amazing. I just, I love your positive attitude and your positive outlook and, and how you talked about you had affirmations. Yes. And regardless of what people were telling you, mm -hmm. you didn't let that deter you. No. And that is such an encouraging word for other people out there is that, you know, sometimes you are going to be up against insurmountable challenges and people telling you what you can't do yes. but as long as you have the power within you you know sometimes you have to encourage yourself yes and as long as exactly. you know that you can do it so look at what happened you became a history maker yes you made history and the interesting thing is is I just wanted the crown <laughs> <laughs> I'm like every little girl I wanted right. the crown Absolutely. and it never until after it actually happened did it I figure out that I just made history. Right. I was a first. A first, a trailblazer. And you know, now all the other little girls will see themselves as beautiful, Absolutely. and they'll go and they'll be. They know they're smart enough and they're beautiful enough, right. and that it shouldn't have anything to do with the color of your skin. Absolutely. But you can just be a contestant and win. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that positive outlook and that positive spirit that you have is so encouraging. And even despite that, despite your infectious energy and the fact that you're beautiful and you're smart, you had some bumps in the road yes. <laughs> with your reign. Yes. Would you like to share yes. any of that? Well, like most things, you know, it looks really good when you get it. Mm -hmm. And then you have to start to go through things. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening was um, there were some people who still, even after I won, did not believe that I look like what Miss America should look like. Wow. And they were not afraid to tell me that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I thought, well, you know, but I won and I have the crown and I want to represent to the best of my ability. Right. And I wasn't going to let them take that away from me, right. you know, at all. And so I still wanted other young girls to know that when those obstacles come against you, when people are saying, no, you're not it, mm -hmm. no, you can't do this, 
you still have to believe enough in yourself. Absolutely. To just forge forward. Absolutely. Because they, uh, when I say they, when people try to continue to tell you that, they want to try to dampen your spirit. Right. They want you to quit. Mm -hmm. And I refuse to quit. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> I was going to ride that rain out to the last day. Absolutely. And that's what I did. And I, and you know, since then, I know that there has been one other young lady awesome. many years later mm -hmm. that has won. Okay. And so I'm hoping that as I, you know, blaze that trail that others will say, you know what? I can do this. That's awesome. And I'm going to enter because I'm a good enough person to awesome. do that. Awesome. That's great. And in terms of, um, I don't want to like belabor this, but just, you know, one other question about the pageant because um, it, quite honestly, it was really an, an injustice, mm -hmm. really, the way that um, how you weren't allowed to traditionally reign yes. as a Miss Fresno County would reign, you know, for example, um, you know, and you share all of this in your book. So you guys, um, please get her book because you go into some detail about um, your journey, about how you weren't allowed to crown the next, your successor. Yes. You yes. Weren't, they you skipped weren't... over me. And so the young lady who won first runner up the year I won, they crowned her as the next Miss Fresno County and then took her to the Miss California pageant. <laughs> and um, I was never asked to just even take a photo with her and right. end the crown doer. Right. It was as if I didn't exist. Right. I was not given the opportunity to do the sponsorships. Right. You know, for car dealerships or ribbon right. cuttings or new buildings or any right. of that. So you did, what was it, two, one or two? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Public appearances. Yes. It Which was a couple, and one was actually, it was an elderly um, picnic that I went to. And, you know, I had a great time right. because my godparents were alive, and, and I love being around elderly people. Right. I love hearing about their history and right. their families. Mm -hmm. So I did not make, you know, little of that Absolutely. because it was a very important event right. because I met some very wonderful people. Right. Uh, the loggers jamboree was probably <laughs> the takeout. Okay. And because I consider myself kind of a city girl, and I really didn't think <laughs> about what the loggers jamboree meant. Right. So, well, was, what actually is a loggers jamboree? It was in Norfolk and okay. California, and okay. it's they actually roll on logs on the water. Really? Interesting. <laughs> they do okay. an entire, you know, whole day of chopping down trees and rolling on logs and it's a huge event mm -hmm. for that town right and i had never heard of it mm -hmm. so i actually wrote the pepsi pepsi cola float and uh with the cartoon characters of the roadrunner mm -hmm. and the coyote they were my friends for a whole year right and so that part was fun okay and awesome. uh, the town you know they were very nice mm -hmm. um they did have this tradition of throwing pennies at the float, which I had never heard of before. <laughs> well, me either, coming from um, a Mardi Gras town. Yes. Okay, so, so they throw pennies at the float. Yes, and they land on the float. Yes, so that was a very interesting experience. Okay, and, and just out of curiosity, what do they do with the pennies once they land on the float? Is it like donated to charity? Or? I'm not sure what happened to, to the pennies. pennies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering. You. Could. I would like to know to this day what happened to the pennies, What happened to too? all those pennies? So they did tell me, they said, be prepared because when you go through town, they're going to start throwing pennies at the float. And okay. I was like, okay. Interesting. 
interesting. <laughs> so Very they just throw them so they land on the platform of the okay of okay the float. interesting okay that's a very interesting yes. um i don't know tradition but um and and the last thing so were did you go on to the miss california pageant yes. right you did so yes. from miss fresno county you did go on to the miss california pageant right. and um and, and how did you do there i represented fresno mm -hmm. i was one of 32 contestants mm -hmm. And uh, again, I was the only African-American. And this and was in? It was held in Santa Cruz, California. Held in Santa Cruz, California in 1980. This was in 1980. In 1980. Wow. Really, that's not that long ago. No. It's not that long ago. 1980. Mm -hmm. And you were the only black contestant in yes. the Miss California pageant. Yes. Wow. In and a very quick funny story is the last year they had it there in, in Santa Cruz, I was actually on stage in swimsuit when a lady walked up to the stage and she was protesting that we were being treated um, as pieces of meat, she said. <laughs> okay. And she threw a frozen steak on the stage. <laughs> really? <laughs> and they rushed us off the stage and it was the most interesting thing because, I mean, I'd never had so much excitement in my entire life. Right. So I had never had anybody do that. Mm -hmm. And I thought as young ladies, we were showing that we were healthy young ladies mm -hmm. and the swimsuits were not over revealing. Right. They were one piece swimsuits. Mm -hmm. And we were just showing that we took care of our bodies. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, to take it anywhere else, that just really wasn't fair to us right. as the young ladies that were representing right. you know, the state. Absolutely, absolutely, well good. Well, this has been great. Well, the exciting news is you are actually working on your second book. Yes. Which will actually deep dive into your entire pageant experience because you were in a total of what, five pageants Yes. You, you were in a total of four, 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 in four. a total of four pageants. So you're working on a follow-up book, which is going to detail the journey and your pageants. Yes. So I'm looking forward to that one. So we're going to kind of pivot from the pageants because you talk about something else in your memoir, which I think is mm. a strong testament of your faith and who yes. you are as a person and how your mother influenced you with her great faith. And that is the issue of your health. Yes. So um, if you could just share with the viewers, um, for those who don't know you, um, you battle with an illness for what, 15? For 15 for years. For 15 years, and yes. you were misdiagnosed, you were diagnosed and undiagnosed. Diagnosed. Four, four times. times. So just, it's an amazing story, and we do want you to read the book because Sheila gives um, some, some great information on just trusting and believing, yes. you know, and leaning on your faith when you're going through a difficult time. But yes. if you can just tell the viewers a little bit about what you were going through and kind of how you got to be where you are today, because you look beautiful. You don't you. look like a person that was afflicted with an illness for 15 it's, years. So. It was very rough. Um, about in 1999, I started to feel very tired and fatigued. Mm -hmm. And first thing in my mind was, okay, you're not working out enough. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to work out more. Um, and it just wasn't working. I was so tired mm -hmm. and kept going to the doctor and going to the doctor. And after a while, I have to give doctors this. I, I don't badmouth any doctors. They're put there um, for a reason mm -hmm. to help us. Right. And then sometimes they just don't know. And I think sometimes the hardest thing for them is to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I saw many doctors and we had many wonderful doctors that did help us. Mm -hmm. But I saw about 50, I think we stopped counting at 55. Wow. 
Plus, I spent a year at testing at Stanford, mm -hmm. and we still did not come up with a diagnosis. Right. And um, my husband, who married me <laughs> anyway, and I kept saying, I'm sick, you don't want to marry me. And he's like, well, let me decide what I want to do. Right. So you can read his two chapters in the book, mm -hmm. which you know, tells you a little bit about what we went through. Right. It was very rough because I went from a very healthy 40-something-year-old uh, young woman to being completely bedridden. Right. I went from a cane to a walker mm -hmm. to a wheelchair mm -hmm. to being lifted in and out of bed, in and out of the shower. Right. And um, I could still feed myself, but I couldn't sit here and have a conversation with you without hyperventilating or going into spasms. Mm -hmm. And that went on and on and on, and the pain sometimes was very excruciating. So I concentrated on my devotionals, mm -hmm. talking to God quite a bit, mm -hmm. just praying every day, journaling mm -hmm. as much as I could. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was just a small paragraph, just tell God how I felt that mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. And my husband said I never... Um, blamed God or asked for a meaning. Mm -hmm. I knew God that knew, he knew exactly what was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And he knew exactly when he'd bring me out of it. Mm -hmm. And I hung on to that. Awesome. And I kept my little seed the awesome. size of a mustard seed. Yes. And I held on to that faith. Absolutely. And I want to share with others that, you know, when you're going through this, for me, my faith and what my mother had instilled in me was very, very important. Mm -hmm. And that's what brought me through. Awesome. That's awesome. I just, it's an amazing testament to your faith um, to go from being bedridden mm -hmm. um, to being in a wheelchair to being a walker to using a walker mm -hmm. to a cane. And now you can reverse. Re right. It's re <laughs> right. Reverse. You went backwards and, and you now mm -hmm. you don't need and we're speaking it into existence yes. because I know sometimes, you know, we you <laughs> rely on your cane a yes. little bit. But in Jesus name, you don't need the cane anymore. When I can find it, my husband teases <laughs> yes. me because most of the time I am asking, where is it? <laughs> right. And it's like, OK, if you need to ask for the cane, do <laughs> you, you don't really need, need it. <laughs> so I love it. So that's that's just amazing. It's amazing faith. And you yes. detail that journey in your book and you also um, talk about a very important topic and, and that's um, um, and we didn't have a chance to really talk about it but I want to encourage people to read the book because you talk about um, the issue with the sterilization of yes. black women and your um, yes. experience with that so um, it's just an amazing amazing book um, so I encourage you guys to get it all and as we get ready to um, wrap the wrap this segment yes. I am excited to also um, share with the viewers that um, someone, an artist, a singer, songwriter, she read what the first three chapters of your book mm -hmm. was so inspired yeah. that she wrote a song about yes. your journey. <laughs> and I, it is beautiful. You let me hear it during the break and I love it. So um, just like your book, um, the song is the Sheila Shaw, the Sheila Anthony Shaw song "Sunrise After Sunset" by DJs, yeah, which is beautiful. So you guys, um, you know, feel free to um, pick up Sheila's book, buy the CD. Um, we're gonna play some of it um, during this segment. But um, as we close, is there anything else that you would want to leave the viewers with? Um, because I encourage people to just read the book. It's, it will bless you. Trust me. Yes. Um, what I'd like to say is just, you know, as you read the book, I pray that it will be inspiring, 
and um, that there will be a word there for you, that you will see hope in there. And the whole reason I wrote it was I just wanted to leave a legacy for my family, that they would know where their grandmother came from, my great nieces and nephews, mm -hmm. that they would know how we got here. And everything wasn't always easy. Mm -hmm. And that it wasn't, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But that no matter where you came from, that you can be very proud of it. And you don't have to be ashamed of it. Absolutely. And that God will take you forward from there. Amen. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a witness. <laughs> so thank you so much you. for um, joining us and for sharing your story um, with the viewers. Um, this has been great. It's been, been very inspiring for me. Um, so I'm excited um, for you and your continued journey, um, you know, for total healing that we know you have yes. and for your next book. I'm excited to read um, the next book. So um, I just want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Real Talk with Terry. Make this a great one. Um, and everybody have a blessed day. And until next time, thank you very much.